Good evening, good evening. So good to see you tonight here at church. Thank you for uh, coming back and being with us tonight. Um, just glad you'd be here tonight. We, uh, Pastor texted me yesterday morning earlier. I was up in Dalton, Georgia at Carolyn Baptist Church uh, speaking to the folks up there and uh, having a good time. He said, hey, I need you to preach tomorrow night if you don't mind. Sorry it's last minute, but I, I just would like for you to preach. And I said, I, I'll do that. I'll be glad to do that. And I am. I'm honored to do that. And um, I was thinking about what to preach on my long drive home. And uh, God put this message on my heart for our merged middle school students. We have been going through the unlikely heroes in the Bible. Uh, because the truth of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, the majority of us in life, this is just a hard truth that, we will probably never be famous. We'll probably never be a Paul or a Abraham or a Jacob. We can all be somebody for God. And so I challenged Vince and Terry and I said, uh, let's find those unlikely heroes in the Bible who stepped up and done something great. And we've been doing that for about seven or eight weeks now and uh, every Wednesday night. And um, Amber and I was at a Braves game. We loved to go watch a ball game every now and then. And I was uh, watching the batters come up. You know, they all have their own little song that comes on. And as they're walking up to the mound, and um, I heard this song right here. And uh, it just made me think that, uh, and I started looking, and I found out that a guy named DJ Snake and Little John who were rappers, they, they wrote this song. And so I, I started studying just based, because it's like uh, uh, what uh, Tim calls it, a, where's Tim? He calls it one of them 7-Eleven songs. It repeats the same seven words 11 times. That's kind of what it is. And uh, the name of the song is Turn Down For What? Y'all keep your seat. Turn Down For What? And the purpose of the song is to hype people up as this particular player comes up to bat or at football games they'll play it when the team scores a touchdown. And I started thinking about that. Turn down for what? There's a question mark at the end of that. Uh, in the song it don't really sound like a question. It sounds more like a statement. But there's a question mark at the end of that. Turn down for what? And so as I was thinking about that it led me uh, to a scripture in Mark chapter 10, and uh, go ahead, Dale, if you'll put Mark chapter 10, verse 46 up. Uh, the Bible says, and they came to Jericho, they being Jesus and the disciples, they came to Jericho, they'd been traveling, and he went out of Jericho with his disciples. They were through Jericho and leaving, it was a great number of people. And this great number of people was a man named Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. He sat by the highway begging. And as he sat by the highway begging, let's move on. Dale, I thought you'd catch that, but you didn't. He heard it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out. And he says, Jesus, thou son of David... Have mercy on me. Many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. He said, turn down for what? 
Jesus is coming. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still. He commanded him to be called. Sit down. Trust me. He commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man and they said unto the blind man, Be of good comfort. Rise, for he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose, and he came to Jesus. And when Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight, and he followed Jesus in the way. His faith made him whole. And the Bible said, go, Jesus said, go your way. And come on, just follow me. And he followed him. The story of blind Bartimaeus is a story of one man's determination to be healed. Let me stop right there and just, let me just say this to, to some young person or some young lady who has an adjective attached to your name. Even the King James Bible calls this man blind Bartimaeus. Out of all the traits a man could have, the one that sticks the most is that he was blind. I don't know about you, but I was told before by a supervisor in public safety that I would never amount to anything. A lieutenant at the sheriff's office I worked at said, uh, you'll always be a slick sleeve deputy. You'll never hold any rank. You'll never amount to anything other than a good patrol cop, maybe a halfway decent dope cop. That's all you'll ever be. Stuck with me. All on my own. I didn't need any help. But here Mark calls this man, like everybody else called him, blind Bartimaeus. I want to challenge you tonight, whatever your adjective is, most likely you give yourself that adjective. And usually when an adjective is attached to our name, it's not like Alexander the Great. It's usually something with a negative connotation that we attach to ourselves. Blind Bartimaeus had been called Blind Bartimaeus all his life, and that's all he'd ever be is Blind Bartimaeus. And he knew that. He felt that. He believed that. But he refused to be silent. When others around him tried to shush him when Jesus was coming, he said, turn down for what? Yeah, I mean, Jesus is walking through Jericho. He, he comes out and he, he hears that Jesus is passing by, and, and knowing, it, it's, it's kind of hard to understand this. Andrew can understand this right now. But if I said, Andrew, go to the nursery right now, you would probably be a little timid to do that on your own. The Bible says there's a large crowd of people here. The Bible's clear that they're probably loud, and Jesus is coming. Why wouldn't they be loud? Blind Bartimaeus here, he didn't have the option to make it through this crowd of people to get to the one who could heal him. 
He didn't have an option to uh, figure out the best route to get to Jesus. To miss the crowd, to go around the crowd, to go under a fence, or to go over a wall, or, or, or to do all these things. And knowing this, he just called out to Jesus. He said, I can't get there on my own. I'll just call out to, the, to, to, to Jesus. But when he did, he did something important. Brother Wayne, he said, Jesus, son of David. He didn't say, hey, Jesus, the carpenter. He, he didn't say, Jesus, Mary's son. He didn't say, Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> and leave it there. He said, Jesus, son of David. Let me tell you something about Bartimaeus and anybody else that has a physical handicap or something you deem as or, or they are deemed to be as not appropriate for the ministry, just because Bartimaeus couldn't physically see, he had spiritual eyesight in 2020. He knew who was coming. He knew it wasn't Jesus the carpenter. He, he knew it wasn't uh, uh, Jesus the son of Mary. He knew it was Jesus, son of David, that was promised in Isaiah chapter 9 uh, uh, that he would come from the bloodline of David. He would be a descendant of David. The Pharisees are questioning Jesus' authority as he comes through Jericho and, and had even aligned him with Satan. They even put Jesus in the same category as Satan. Yet here was blind Bartimaeus. He didn't see a miracle. He hadn't seen anything Jesus has done. He's just sitting by the wayside with his basket in his hand hoping somebody will help him out. He hasn't seen anything. He knew Jesus was coming. And he knew who Jesus was. And he was shouting it out for anybody to hear. He was letting people know who was coming down the street. People tried to get him to be quiet, but Bartimaeus was completely focused on Jesus. His cries got the attention of Jesus. So much to the point that Jesus stopped. He stopped. I remember another time he stopped when a lady touched his garment. He stopped and said, who, who did that? He heard Jesus, son of David. The Bible says he stopped and said, bring him to me. Will you just bring him to me? When Bartimaeus realized that Jesus stopped to talk to him, he says he threw off his cloak and he made his way to find Jesus. He was going straight to him. Jesus said, what do you want, Bartimaeus? He said, Jesus, I want to see. I, I just want to see. Jesus spoke the word. The Bible don't say that Jesus ever touched him. It said he just spoke the word and Bartimaeus received his sight. And Jesus said it was his faith that made him whole. Now that physical sight matched his spiritual sight. One reason that uh, a lot of folks have asked this, I guess, when I was studying this, but the cloak of the guy, stand up, Andrew, the cloak of the guy, in this case, is, is what I could find in Miss Sylvia. I promise I'll put it back right where, on the same hanger I got it off of. It was a heavy object. Everybody had one, but the homeless, the, 
the needy, the ones who were without, they depended on that to keep them warm. They depended on that when it was warm to tie up everything they owned in when they got ran off from wherever they were. They would lay that over their lap as they sat there and uh, beg for money and beg for things. But when Jesus showed up, <laughs> he said two things here. I got to get through this crowd and I can't see. I need to get rid of anything that's slowing me down. And he said, you know what? I ain't going to need this anymore anyway. <laughs> that's just where his faith was at that, that point. You can sit down. I want to talk about four things right quick. And I know we always say that, but I mean it right quick. That we can learn from Bartimaeus here. One, this is one of the ones that I told my students. Do not let anybody silence your voice or dampen your enthusiasm when you're chasing after Jesus. <laughs> Don't let anybody silence your voice or dampen your enthusiasm when you make a choice to chase after Jesus. When you make a choice to go after Him. I've always loved it how enthusiastic he was and how he, uh, how he was, was right here in this particular place and uh, uh, being blind. Uh, he, he knew Christ was nearby. He's like, this is my one chance to be healed. And uh, he hears Jesus coming by and he, he couldn't walk up. Like I said, he couldn't nimbly walk up through the crowd. He had one resource and that was his voice. But even his voice, people tried to silence this man is blind and begging. And the one thing he's got, people are trying to silence. The Bible here says charged him, but rebuked would be another word. It, uh, the word rebuke means to express sharp disapproval or criticism on someone because of their behavior or actions. Can I tell you this? Bartimaeus wasn't all uh, just holier than thou in this moment. He wasn't all pious and sitting up in his high chair. He wasn't singing. He was not singing that. I'm not against anybody who sings that. But he was not all humble past me, not all gentle. Save. He said, Jesus, where are you at? Help me. I can't feel you. I can't see you. But Jesus, I bet he had snot coming everywhere. I bet he was crying. I bet he was, what are you laughing at, Molly? You snot everywhere. I mean, he was like in a mess, right? He is looking for Jesus, and he don't care who sees it. He don't care. He's not worried about looking proper in front of anybody. He don't have a concern that somebody's going to see him lift his hand up. He has a need. And he knows who can meet that need. And he knows how to get the attention of the one who can meet his need. Ain't nothing like old snotty nose altar call. I'm just going to tell you. Bring it on. 
We get in this position where we think we got to come to God and just come to Him and talk in King James language. And all He wants us to do is say, Daddy, I need you. I can't make it without you. He's not interested in how many Bible verses we memorize, and that's all. He's not interested in how many times we went to Sunday school in a row, and that's all. He's interested in who needs him. He's interested in who is not willing to let the person sitting next to them dampen their enthusiasm when they're chasing after him. And Bartimaeus said, turn down for what? Say what you want to. I'm running after Jesus. I might trip and fall in a hole on the way, but ain't nothing going to stop me from going after him. Have you been there in your life? Have you been brought to the point? I just need a healing. I just need this burden lifted. And whatever it takes, whatever comes my way, people are going to tell me it's not going to work. People are going to tell me I'm not going to make it. I had Tim sing a song one time. Said People said I'd never make it. They said I'd never see it through. But they don't know what keeps me going because I guess they don't know nothing about you. <laughs> said my life was in shambles to the day you came along <laughs> and you touched my heart and you gave me a brand new song and I'm still holding on whatever your need is tonight don't let your co-workers tomorrow dampen your enthusiasm for that Whatever, uh, when you girls go to high school tomorrow, don't let anybody tell you not to pray over your meal. Don't let anybody make fun of you for helping the helpless. Don't let anybody dampen your enthusiasm. Number two, your relationship with Christ is personal. Bartimaeus had never met Christ. He'd obviously just heard about him. He'd obviously just heard the stories. God is a relational God, and he wants an intimate relationship with you individually. This can't happen if our eyes aren't fixed on him. This can't happen if we're not intently uh, making sure that we're not getting distracted. When Bartimaeus called out to Jesus, Jesus stopped. Think about this now. They're walking through a crowd of people. They're walking through this crowd. There, there's a crowd there because Jesus is there. there. There's no other reason that there's a crowd there. The only reason there's a crowd there is because Jesus is passing by. That's what the scripture says. So wouldn't you think that there's other people saying, Jesus... Hey, Jesus, whether they're for him or against him, most likely people are calling out to Jesus. But the Bible says when Bartimaeus called out to Jesus, Jesus said, hold on a second. Why? Because there was something personal about him calling out to Jesus. There was something very, very personal about that. The Savior of the world, the awaited Messiah, the teacher of the 12 tribes of Israel stopped and he waited. 
He didn't just stop. He stopped and waited. And he, he stood there. And he waited for this blind man to make his way to him. He waited so he could hear the request of Bartimaeus. Jesus stopped for somebody that most people wouldn't give the time of day to. We're studying James in the Rock in Sunday school. And uh, we learned two weeks ago that, uh, of how uh, uh, James in his letter was uh, kind of uh, getting on to some folks and, and letting them know that uh, why is it when the rich man comes to church, we're all over him, but the poor man comes and we set him way up there somewhere in the back where we can't smell him or see him or talk to him. So we shouldn't be showing favoritism. Jesus stopped for the one who everybody else was telling to be quiet. That's, that's who he stopped for. Bartimaeus wasn't on anybody's Christmas list this year. Physical ailments in this time were considered a result of your sin. That were a result of sin. And we don't want no part of sin because we're much better than that. Am I talking to anybody tonight? But Jesus stopped. Emmanuel stopped. Waited on the blind man. If we're focused on God and God only... If we're focused on God and God primarily. When we call out his name, he knows who's talking and he stops. He knows anyway. But here's one thing I know, being around Vince and Jenny, and like a, are, are these two right here, Andrew and Samantha. If we're down at Camp Hutch or we're at Burger King or whatever, and uh, a kid starts crying, Samantha and Jenny both like... Vince, he could care less, but Vince, uh, uh, Samantha and Jenny, they're like, that's one of mine. That's one of mine, right, Mama? You know when it's yours. Like 30 kids screaming, you hear yours, you're up, because I know that's mine. I know that's mine. Jesus stopped. He said, I know that's mine, and I know he's calling out to me. Number three. Obstacles are going to be put in your way. We need to be ready to cast them aside. Hebrews talks about laying aside all these obstacles and things that block us from God. We need to pursue God even when things get in your way. Things will get in your way if you start to pursue God, by the way. Or if you strengthen your pursuit of God. We should be so... Desperate for Jesus that we chase after him in spite of what other people say. Regardless of what other people say. I think of time and time again that uh, I've, I've felt a call from God, uh, whether it's ministry related or whether it's uh, individual contact related. And it's, uh, time and time again, God calls me to do something, I'm on my way to do it and Satan shows up. He throws that obstacle in the way to get in my way. He, he, he distracts me with something that shouldn't be there. He, he, uh, he, 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 he just tries to get in the way. Sometimes he uses people to do that. Well, old Jason, I tell you, he's preaching tonight over at Faith Baptist, and he just thinks he's something. I tell you, I know the old Jason. Mm, I know him. 
Them people ought not be listening to him. I remember how he was 20 years ago. I do too. Thank God I ain't there anymore. Thank God I've, I've took some things and I've, I've laid them aside and said, you know what, basket, you're not getting in my way. I don't need to, I know you're hot. Golly, you're hot. Ain't you? I'm not letting this get in my way because I want to go get to Jesus and I want to find Jesus and I want to get to it. You trust me, right? And I want to get to him now. Step, 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 step. All right, you're on top. I want to get to him and I want to get to him now. And I know there's things in the way. There's probably a piano right in front of me, but I'm going to keep reaching and I'm going to keep looking. And I'm going to keep focusing. Because obstacles are coming, but I don't care. I need to see. I need to see. Fourthly, and it works out real good right this second. Don't pay attention to the crowd, Bartimaeus. They're laughing at you. Don't pay attention to the crowd because they're going to laugh at you. They're going to tell you you're a holy roller. They're going to call you a Bible thumper. Uh, I, I ain't never thumped the Bible hard as it's thumped me, by the way. Uh, 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 I, I, they're going to call you all these names. And I know they're just picking fun. That's your family. You can get on to them later. But people laugh at you when you try to do right. When you try to trust God and say, you know what? I'm going to quit my job and start my own business because God told me to. And I'm just going to do it. I don't care. I might fall flat on my face, but I'm going to do it trusting Jesus, knowing he's holding on to me. I'm going, to, I'm going to raise my kids the right way. You know what? They're not doing this on Wednesday night. They're not doing this on Sunday night. They're not going to have this app on their phone. I don't care what other parents say. I'm going to do what I need to do for my kids. Well, old Andrew, you know, he used to be involved. In, I heard this about Andrew. I heard it. It's got to be true because I heard it. Somebody said it. It's got to be true. So he'll never make it because that's what they said about him. That's what they said about Samantha. That's Andrew's wife. So if they said it about her, it must be him too and it must be all true. So let's just write him off. He just kept on walking. He just kept on. He said, Jesus is calling. Jesus wants me. Don't pay attention to the crowd. I heard a pastor say one time, and I like this, he said, when's the majority ever been right anyway? <laughs> when's the majority ever been right? Emerge, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, come out from among them and be separate. We don't have to be like the crowd. We saw people trying to silence Bartimaeus. You can take that off, I don't want to pull your hair. We saw people trying to silence Bartimaeus. Shut up. Go sit down. Quit talking. Jesus is here. This is important. Thank you, Andrew. You can sit down. This is important stuff. You don't deserve to be here. He could have listened to the crowd like he had all his life and just went back and sat back and started shaking his basket again. But you know what? His life would have remained the same. His life would have remained the same had he let the moment, the opportunity, the situation pass him by because of the crowd. He said, I'm sorry, I don't care. I'm going on. I'm moving on. I'm following on. You know what's crazy to me? <laughs> you got to assume it's the same people. <laughs> Man, this is so 2022. The same people that told Jesus to hush and be quiet and quit talking 
When Jesus stopped and said, bring him to me, they're like, hey, buddy, come here. Jesus wants to see you. Is that not 2022 in LaGrange, Georgia? <laughs> People hate you till you're trendy. People dislike you until somebody they like likes you. People brush you aside until you get money. People brush you aside until you can do something for them. Oh, Bartimaeus, let me take you to Jesus so I can get close to him as well. The same people that were telling him to hush are now encouraging him to get up. Be of good cheer. Come on. He's calling you. We can't listen to the crowd. You know what I've learned about crowds? Crowds are changeable. Crowds are changeable. I kind of laugh at some of my middle school students sometimes because they remind me of me. And uh, some of them sometimes, will, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll show up at church. My, my boys, they'll show up in church in cowboy boots and Wrangler on the booty and, a, and, a, and a, some sort of T-shirt that's size too small. Next week, they come in sagging with Jordan's on and a jersey. The next week, they come in with a bow tie on and skinny jeans. I'm like, what are you, uh, who are you? I don't recognize you. But I look back and I did the same thing. <laughs> People are changeable. People will change in a heartbeat. I told him, I said, I can go stand on the sidewalk and just do this. At nothing. Lexi's laughing because she knows it's true. Look, I can go stand out and just do this. Ten people who pass me will stop and go. We're not pointing at anything. People are changeable. I can say, wave your hands in the air, and you're going to say, like you just don't care, right? See? I just changed. None of you thought you'd say that tonight, but you did. I changed you. Crap, Philip can play something? Don't do it, Philip. Don't do it. Dale, turn him off. And Megan to get up and start dancing? Yada, you will too. I don't know what you're looking at. Just a song or a rhythm, man. It'll get you up, get you moving. Noah's back there dancing. We ain't playing nothing. Crowds are changeable. Crowds respond to external stimuli that makes us prone to change. I'll tell you what, that John McDaniel, he just walks by me and don't speak to me. And, and, and I tell you what, I'm just, I'm just fed up with him. I thought he was a deacon in this church. And he just don't talk to me. And, and, and I just don't get it. And then Angela comes up and says, well, who are you talking about? Who's John McDaniel? I'm like, oh, you know John McDaniel. That guy, oh, yeah, I don't like him either. He just, you didn't even know who he was two seconds ago. And now you agree with me that you don't like him. Crowds are changeable. Why do we spend so much time following the crowds? Why do we let the crowd uh, uh, dampen our enthusiasm? If we're going to follow our purpose, we have to base our standards on a measure that don't change. 
We have to base our standards on a measure that don't change. And my Bible says that Jesus Christ, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Name one other thing that's like that. Name one other thing that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. Never changes. Jesus Christ and His Word. The only measuring stick we should compare ourselves to is this right here. This is it. I shouldn't base my wealth and my worth on how many likes I get on Facebook. I shouldn't base my wealth and my worth on how many of y'all text me or come up to me and say, man, that's a good word tonight. I shouldn't base whether I did a good job on what you say to me. You, 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 shouldn't, you shouldn't base uh, how wealthy you are by the money in your bank account. You should base how wealthy you are uh, by the, uh, how you mature in the Word of Christ and how your family's stacking up against this Word under your leadership, Daddy. There's a measure that don't change, and it's Jesus. Our actions should be based on what the Word says and not what the world dictates. And Bartimaeus said, you know what? I know y'all are telling me to shut up. I know y'all are telling me he don't have time for me. I know y'all are telling me that I just need to go sit down and keep begging. I know y'all are telling me that I'm always going to be the same. Uh, I know you're telling me that I'm never going to get out of this financial burden. I, I know you're telling me that my marriage is not going to ever be right again. I know you're telling me uh, that this disease is never going to leave my body. I, I know you're telling me that, that, that I'll never be uh, to the next level at my job. I know you're telling me that I'll never find my soulmate, that I'll never find a husband, that I'll never find a wife. I know you're telling me that I'll, I'll never uh, have the things I need, but I don't care. Turn down for what? I'm just going to keep chasing him. Regardless of what the world throws at me. Regardless of the obstacles that get in my way. Uh, regardless of what the crowd says. I'm just going to keep on chasing him. And he made his mind up to do that. And it led to him being healed. And it led to him... Following Jesus in the way. He didn't need that cloak anymore. He, he didn't need that basket to beg, for, beg with anymore. He didn't need anybody to tell him to watch out for that hole in front of him. He was walking with Jesus. He was just walking with Jesus. Bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. I just want to challenge you tonight. As far as I know, nobody in here is blind physically. As far as I know. As far as I know, uh, nobody in here is uh, dependent on somebody to walk them from the pew to the car because they can't see their way to get there. But maybe there's an area in your life that uh, you do feel directed by the world. Maybe there's a, 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 a disability that you have that's spiritual and not physical. Maybe we've been listening 
too much to what the world says we are and who the world says we are. Not enough about who Jesus says we are. I, I don't know, maybe... Uh, Maybe we've been listening to what other people say about us and the rumors they spread instead of focusing on the ones who care about us regardless of what they hear. Maybe we uh, just need to uh, cry out to Jesus tonight. Maybe we need to either find a place at this altar or either in your pew and just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I won't follow you. Jesus, this situation's a, a little bit rough, but I know you can get me through it. Tim's going to play.